time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. Happy Friday to everybody out there. Only eight days until Christmas. I can't believe we are in the single digits, almost one week away, but it's here, ready or not. It is the Christmas season. And uh, man, for a lot of us who celebrate maybe a few days before with friends or family, I mean, it's even closer than those eight days. So uh, Merry Christmas to all. And again, happy Friday and welcome to uh, another fun episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. I have a great guest today. I'm going to be joined by Erin Murphy, someone I've never really talked to before, but I've heard great things about. I've heard her on the Pro and Con podcast with Zach Stiver and Javier Rodriguez. Uh, I've also heard uh, her talked about uh, through her boyfriend, who is the head football coach at Citrus College, Brandon Hayashi. I had him on the podcast a few months back before the college football season started. So it was a lot of fun talking to him about uh, football and uh, just the anticipation of the season. And he mentioned Aaron a few times. They, they met at Citrus College. That's a funny story that I'm sure her and I will get into here. But Aaron's also a coach at uh, Glendora High School, I believe. Hopefully I have all that information uh, correct. We'll confirm it all when, when uh, we, we talk with her here shortly. But uh, Aaron went to Rio Hondo Prep was uh, amongst the classmates, as I mentioned, Stiver and Rodriguez and a kind of a great group of uh, people. There's, there's a lot of great groups of people in uh, at Real Hondo Prep, of course, uh, many of the alum. But that group seemed to be a, a pretty special tight-knit uh, class and just group of friends and everything as they continue to go about this, uh, this life, this adult life that we are now living. So uh, looking forward to a conversation with Aaron, talk about Rio, talk about care, talk about coaching, uh, maybe dating, what dating a coach is like, see, see what uh, she, uh, her thoughts on Christmas, uh, just a lot of, a lot of things to get into. So I'm really looking forward to this and uh, just having a fun Friday conversation as we've been doing here on the Get Home Safe podcast for quite some time. So let's bring her on the podcast right now and uh, just enjoy another Friday conversation guys here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Okay, I'm joined today by Aaron Murphy, a proud member of the class of 2013 from Rio Hondo Prep. She's also a coach at Glendora High School. She's dating the Citrus College football coach. Uh, she's a Christmas fan, podcast fan, a lot to talk about. Aaron Murphy, welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. I love the tree behind you. Very nice, uh, very well decorated, big angel on top. Uh, very nice. Got your Christmas stuff up. Are you a big, you a big Christmas person? We are. Um, usually we have much more up in the house, but I think as the years go on, um, my mom is like, I don't want to get any more out because it's just more to put away. Yeah. <laughs> I know the feeling. I know the feeling. I am a very big Christmas uh, person and been decorating. It, it feels for uh, weeks now and uh, in our little apartment here, but we love it. It's the best time of year. Uh, by the time this airs, we'll be eight days from Christmas. So I'm very, very excited. Oh, that's exciting. Okay. I like that. <laughs> uh, Aaron, anyway, I, uh, I, I, you, you kind of, you, 
you know, we ran in different circles, uh, different age ages, of course. Uh, but you kind of know names when you go through Rio or care, you kind of like, Oh yeah, I know that person. You just, you know, their name, but you know, you never really talk. And this is the first time you and I have really ever talked. Um, but, uh, two, two things, uh, first off, Brandon, uh, Hayashi, your boyfriend is a head football coach at Citrus college, had him on the podcast a few months back. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, the other thing I, I told you off the air was that, uh, I asked myself, I was like, who is Air Bear? Because every time I posted on Instagram who the upcoming guest is, you were one of the first likes I always got. Air Bear. I finally had to ask somebody, I think it was Zach Stiver, said, hey, who's Air Bear? I have no idea who this person is. And it was you. Yeah. I don't know how or when, but I that nickname came from Rio, actually. I think Ryan Wiley and Jake Holgeen, those were the two that like just dubbed me Air Bear. <laughs> You know, because it was like when Instagram was just starting and I was reluctant to get on it because I was like, what am I, what's my name going to be? Aaron Murphy. Like, that's lame. I don't want that. And they were like, you're Air Bear. Like, that, that's your name. And I was like, okay, like, there it is. <laughs> so it's like been the same ever since. So that's hilarious. I was, uh, you know, Instagram names are funny, but uh, I, I, when I started the podcast, I had no idea what you know, was going to come of all this and just kind of the, the following grew. And then it still gets not a ton of plays, but uh, some, some constant plays. Uh, when did you first uh, discover the podcast that uh, come across the Instagram or how exactly did, did you discover it? Yeah, through Instagram for sure. Um, I think like, I'm sure when you created your account, it might say like, Oh, people you may know. Right. And so you know, when you're first building an account, you kind of just start following a bunch of people, right? And I think I either like saw you as like a suggested person or you followed me. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but I remember looking at it and being like, get home safe. And then I looked and I was like, Matt Hersma, I know that name. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm going to follow him. And then cool. I started listening to your podcast and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the, the podcasts uh, that you've listened to or that you find, uh, I don't know, that you remember specifically? I know there's been a lot now. Yeah. Um, well, I listened to Jason Ramos um, because he talked about the why um, when he was on. And of course, you know, he went to Rio. So I knew him because him and my older sister were good friends, still kind of are, even though there's like an age separation um, when they were at Rio when they got out of Rio, they got closer. Um, and so I listened to his podcast cause he was talking about the why. And then, um, my, you had my uncle on uncle Mike was on here, Mike Murphy. Um, a lot of people had him as a coach. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny people hear my last name and they're like, your dad coached me. And I'm like, no, probably my uncle. And they were like, Oh yeah, your uncle. So yeah, listen to him. Um, gosh, I'm like brain farting now. I'm like, I've listened to a handful of your podcasts, but like those names are the ones that like stick out the most. Sure. Because um, my sister and I actually listened to a couple of them together because we were like, oh, we want to listen to this, this guest. Yeah. It's been cool. Like I, I didn't know what was going to come of it, but it became kind of this real Hondo uh, reunion thing where you find out people's stories and kind of how they discovered care and Rio and uh, it's been fun. It hasn't been repetitive to me because every story is different. And so it, it's just been, uh, I don't know, a blessing in, in a way. How did you uh, discover Care Youth League or start Care Youth League? 
So my dad actually grew up, um, and I think my grandma, my grandma went to what would have been GCL, right? No, yeah, Mm -hmm. not BCL, but like when it was that separation still. So she would have been in like the girls Christian program. Um, And she went to that for a little bit because we are related to the Orsburns. So Bill Orsburn is my uncle um, and that's my dad's uncle. So that's my grandma's brother. So they got involved and then I I don't know, my grandma didn't go through like the whole program. She went to like a little bit of it, I think. Um, And then my dad and his siblings got involved and that would have been KYL at that point. So they were involved. They went to Rio, um, I think for high school because Pearl wasn't a thing yet. Um, And they lived in Monrovia. So they went to Santa Fe Middle School um, and then in high school went to Rio um, and just my dad went to Rio. My mom didn't grow up in Rio or anything. She didn't even grow up really around here. Um, and then all us girls got involved and went through the entire program of Pearl Care, Rio, the whole nine. <laughs> <laughs> From the very beginning. Uh, yep. Well, it's so funny. Like uh, you talk about the orange burns. I forgot about that connection. I went uh, oh, yeah. Al- Alex Orsburn was uh, one of my classmates in 2003. So it's just funny how the connections are crazy, especially at Cary Youth League. I mean, people who grew up in the organization, uh, which pretty much you pretty much did. You know, I had some other classmates like Alex and Devin Drain who were, uh, you know, what, what's the term? Care kids, I guess, you know, and I think some people fit the criteria and some don't. Uh, I think you were telling me off the air something like that. Yeah. I think um, the criteria really is like, if you're, if I think it has to be both parents. Okay. You know, we can, if we bring on somebody else, we can have this debate, but (laughs) I think it's, it's gotta be both parents and they have to be leaders. So like you could be a care kid and grow up in the program and like go all the way through it and everything. um, Or like have a parent that went through it, but to be like a true care kid, I think you gotta have parents who are leaders. Cause my dad never became a leader. He only did RHLA for like a year or two, or maybe he finished. I, I know he did RHLA for a little bit. Um, so whether he like actually finished RHLA and then left, I just know he never became a leader. Mm. Well, so. it's still, it's still in the blood. It's still in the blood, uh, <laughs> you know, so maybe not full blooded, but Hey, uh, okay. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. That's, that's funny stuff. Uh, but no, Carrie Youth League, at least for, as a young boy, I absolutely loved it. I loved playing sports. I always ask, uh, I haven't actually had too many, too many, uh, females on the podcast, which a lot of people have been pushing me to do. I'm like, okay, we'll work on it. But, uh, what was, uh, your experience like in care? Did you love the sports? Were you more into the other things the girls program did? Tell me about your experience. Yeah. Um, that's funny. You asked because I was listening to Cole Barrett's, uh, Hmm. podcast and you asked him kind of the same thing about care. And I was like, all right, I got to like take notes. What's, what was care like for me? Um, no, I, I loved it. Uh, Brandon and I actually talk about like when we have kids one day of putting our kids in care, because as coaches now, a lot of the kids that I see, you know, they start specializing in a sport and playing club or travel ball or whatever at such a young age and they just get burnt out. Like I have sophomores who have been playing volleyball for like eight years. And they're already burned out of volleyball. And I'm like, you're, you're 15. Like what? 
Um, but no, I, I loved it because you're always playing something different. So I just remember growing up, like my favorite sport was whatever season we were in. So whether that be like basketball, like that was my favorite sport. And then like, we'd move on to softball and then that was my favorite sport. Um, but I loved the, I love the sports aspect for sure. Um, but being in the girls program, we do things like, you know, they, they kind of prepare you to be like a lady, (laughs) like they domesticate you a little bit. Right. So like in order to get like your letter, you had to do one sewing, a cooking, a craft, and um, like a Bible questionnaire or something. There was like four things that you had to do. And so like for club meetings, we would meet and then like for, you know, they would do like a cooking that we would do and that would count. Or we would do like a craft and like make bracelets or like things like our sewing, like we would do things like that. And so it's cool now that I look back on it. I'm like, okay, like, I guess like I learned a little bit more about sewing um, and like how to do things like that. But my favorite was definitely, definitely playing because I just remember like on club meeting days, you would have a shorter practice. I don't know if that's how it was for you guys too, but you know, one day a week is like your long, like it's just practice. And then the other day a week, it's shorter because then you have club meeting. And I remember I didn't like those days because <laughs> I wanted to just keep playing. Like, don't get me wrong. Love Jesus. All that stuff. But like, I just wanted to keep playing. I didn't yeah. want to like sit in a room and like do a sewing. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally know what you mean. It's like, can we go outside again? Yeah, yeah. De- definitely. Um, well, who are some of your leaders? Who are some of your coaches that you remember maybe had a, a, an impact on you? Yeah, so um I had and Mrs. Drain still does Royal Friends so I had her when I was a Royal Friend um I actually had Valerie Johnson for one year um when I was you know they've renamed everything so many times but I think I was in like third grade and I had her for a year um but I'd say like the most significant coach I had was Stacy Prest so shout out to Stacy all right because um, I would have had her for I had her as like a fifth and sixth grader. And then when I started, you know, when you get old enough and you start coaching in the program, I coached alongside her. Mm. So I had her like in that coaching realm for probably the longest. And she definitely had the most impact on me um, because I was not an easy child. Um, And she definitely used to like call me out on stuff um, as a kid and even as a coach. And so like, I really respect that. Um, you know, in the moment, like I was probably bitter and I was like a brat about it, but looking back now, I'm like, dang, she, she really like whipped me into shape. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We don't appreciate it necessarily at the time, but looking back and then, especially since you've gotten into coaching now, you're kind of like, oh, that's what she was doing. Now you're see, now you're, you're reaping what you sow. Now you're having to deal with, uh, with young (laughs) ladies the past few years, (laughs) you know, Glendora, at Glendora high. Um, so what about Rio? You go into Rio and, you know, care and Rio are similar, but, uh, you know, there was for me that at least there was that separation of school and then care. But then when you go into Rio, it's kind of like the same, it's like the, the same group of friends. Now, uh, you're still playing sports and everything and everything gets a little bit more real, at least at that, that was how it was for me. What was your Rio experience like? Um, it was good. Um, I was in a class that we didn't have a whole lot of girls. Um, you know, so my friends that are outside of Rio, they give me such a hard time. Cause they're like, 
how big was your graduating class? And I'm like, 24, like what? Like, <laughs> you know, they give it, they give us a hard time, but um, you know, in that class of 24, there was only like seven girls. Um, and two of which were, were not foreign exchange students. So we were a really unique class. Um, and I think because we were smaller on like, like our girl to guy ratio was so off, like we were just, we were kind of a family, I feel like. Mm. Um, of course, there's like that divide of like certain groups or cliques or whatever. But at the end of the day, like we were, we were still pretty cool. Like there was no like animosity between like, oh, well that group, like they're a bad influencer, like, oh, that group, like, they're too goody-goody, like, nothing like that, like, we were always, like, cool with each other, and even now, like, when we see each other, like, it's, it's always a good time, so, I don't know, my real experience, like, I think about how unique it is, of, you know, I, I got to travel so much, and I got to play all these sports, you know, people ask me, well, what sports did you play growing up, and I'm like, well, let me tell you, you know, yeah. you start rattling off everything and people like look at you like, oh my gosh, like you did all those sports. And I'm like, I did, but my school's really small, <laughs> you know, exactly. um, it was cool. And then even talking about like places I've been, um, you know, going to Europe, for example, I'm sure you did a Europe trip too. Um, like it's unheard of to go to Europe for a month and pay only like four grand. Yeah. Right. Like that's absolutely unheard of. And so Rio has like all those super unique experiences. Um, and I think because of that, like I've almost been to like all 50 States, mostly because of Rio, you know, and going on summer trips. Um, and they just, they make the most of the time that you have there, I think. Um, so we, Brandon and I talk about Rio, um, and we jokingly say, he's going to hate me for saying this, but we jokingly are like, oh, we're only together for the D1 babies. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, <laughs> but we talk about Rio and how unique it is, you know, with traveling and the opportunity for sports. Um, so I think for anyone who like doesn't know what Rio is and they just like, they hear all the guests that you have and they're like another Rio Hondo alumnus, like... Yeah, like we're we're pretty cool. We're pretty unique. <laughs> it's a proud, uh, yeah, membership for sure. And uh, to see where all the alumni have gone in in their careers and, and a lot of service to others is is phenomenal. And you know, I, I tell people this all the time, whether it's the the boys program, the girls program. If you go to Real Hondo Prep, you will not get a better experience. Uh, in your high school years anywhere else. And I, I would put the Rio experience up against any other school. You're going to learn to play sports, be on a team. You're going to learn some type of musical or, or drama. You know, you're going to, you're going to act and do, you're going to do all these things. Plus uh, a pretty good education with teachers that care and the friendships you make because the class sizes are so small. I mean, lifelong friendships. I mean, I, I, people can tease it or make fun of it or whatever, but I honestly, I would put the Rio experience, the Rio years uh, up against anything really. Yeah. You know, we may not be like the modern days or the, you know, St. Paul's as far as like competition or like, you know, we're not a division one school, but you know, we do produce some athletes and yeah, the experience is just, 
it's so unique. Like you really can't get what we get at being at a small school like Rio. Like you can't do that at bigger schools. You know, I tell my, I tell my high school girls at Glendora, like, yeah, I went to a really small school, but how many of you guys, you know, do performances? You are a like tri-sport athlete, you know, like it's, it's like less common at another school to play multiple sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get a couple dual sport athletes here and there, but a lot of them, they just, they kind of start specializing in a sport and, and they go from there, you know? I would say it's like, to sum it up, you could say small school, big experiences. I mean, that you you mentioned it, going to Europe, uh, playing the multiple sports. I mean, I'm sure there's, a, you know, it's Christmas time right now. We all remember a Christmas program or two. Maybe we didn't want to do it or we did want to do it. But, you know, we, you just all of the, you, you put it all into one box and it's just like, wow, this is a pretty special present. Uh, you guys, you're, I guess we talked about your classmates and your group of friends. That was a really special time at Rio on like the football side of things, uh, you know, I'd mentioned Zach Stiver and Javier, who, who we'll talk more about on their podcast. Uh, but that group of guys really had a really good run uh, in football for a few years. Do you, you remember, remember those uh, and, and a basketball championship too, I think. Yep. They don't, they don't let me forget that um, <laughs> <laughs> because my age group um, I'm sandwiched in between Javi and Zach um, in as far as like grades go. And that age group between like what 20, what would be like 2012 or even like 2011 a little bit um, through 2013, they had the back-to-back football championship and the basketball championship. Um, So, you know, they give me a really hard time because they're like, I have three rings, Aaron, how many rings do you have? And I'm like, I was in a higher division than you. (laughs) So, you know, like I play that game back with them. so no, they, they do not let me forget that they have three championship rings um, and that the, the girls, we sadly did not get any of that those years. Um, but it, it's cool. There is definitely like what I missed go like playing at Citrus. Um, I just remember like being on the sidelines and like looking up in the stands and I'm like, wow, I miss like the pet band and our student section. Like we we showed up for each other. I think, um, you know, nothing like being in the pavilion and that whole like side of like underneath the basketball hoop, that whole like side where like the green stairs were Yeah. RIP to the pavilion. But you know, (laughs) that whole section, I just remember it being like filled and like as a child, like being excited to be in that student section one day. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that's what I probably miss the most is just like having people rooting you on. Yeah, it really was special down the pavilion. Yeah, the, the pit area. That was, oh man, just good times over there, leading the cheers and screaming and yelling. And you know what? Uh, high school boys are, are pretty funny. They, you know, they're high school boys, but you, you, you show up at a girls' volleyball game or a girls' uh, basketball game. That's a good time for high school boys because they just lose their mind and go crazy and, uh, you know, support, support, support the young ladies yep. out there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's so funny. We would give them a hard time. I'm like, you don't even know what you're cheering for. And they're like, I don't care. I'm just, I'm yelling. And I'm yeah. Like, you spiked it. Yeah, cool. You know, <laughs> learning the yeah. rules as you go. Uh, how did you guys do in, in sports throughout? I mean, the boys were winning championships left and right. You guys were playing in a tough uh, prep league in volleyball, which I know is always tough uh, basketball. So yeah. I mean, what, what was, how'd you guys do uh, throughout your career? 
We were more dominant. Um, I think we were just, I don't know if we were like better seated or like in a division that was better suited for us, I guess I should say, um, for basketball and softball. Um, but I was on a couple of softball teams where we won like prep league champs. Um, that was kind of something that even my oldest sister, Macy, um, you know, her team won, like they were back-to-back champs. And then um, when I came in, there's like, I think I was on a team with like a couple of, of prep league champs for softball. Um, so I think we were just, we might've just been in a better situation for like basketball and softball. Um, Cause volleyball's tough. We, you know, playing against schools like Chadwick, uh, Mayfield, um, who else? Polly. Um, but Chadwick and Mayfield, they were really like some of our tougher games because all of those girls, they just had the money to be in club. So, you know, our team, we have zero club players for volleyball, whereas we're playing against teams with girls who have been getting touches all year long because they're on club teams or um, Chadwick, they play beach club. So, which is a very different dynamic, but it, it makes you a better player too. Um, so I think for volleyball, we were just not in as, I don't know, we were just in a harder situation to try to fight to get that, the titles um, that, you know, the guys got for football. Um, but I, I think we were just in a better position for basketball and softball. Um, so our, my time as a player there was, it was good. Um, volleyball, like we would still show up and we would like, we would take games from some of these people, but you know, we would lose in four or lose in five. Um, but we would, we would win games too. Like we would play Westridge and, and Webb and even Polly, we would beat Polly too. It was really like Chadwick and Mayfield that were kind of our harder ones. <laughs> I, I remember it was our senior year and, uh, you know, the girls were very supportive. Come to, you know, it was a big push for football games. And I remember it, as we got into our senior year, it was like, hey, we need to go support the girls too. And uh, Alicia Lammers, who was uh, the best volleyball player at the time, um, a, an incredible junior class below us. Uh, they, they were in a similar predicament where they were always kind of not placed in a division they should have been in. They eventually got to the right division and went all the way and won the school's first CAF title that year. But it was earlier in the year where I think Alicia, we, we went to a road game. We went to, I think it was either Mayfield or Westridge and she bribed us with cookies. She, she made cookies for all the guys who came to the game and we, we, we ended up getting kicked out of the gym by the refs. Cause we were, we were too obnoxious or something. And as we're leaving the gym, we're chanting like first amendment. Like it was, it was hilarious. Uh, a good memory. One of the first volleyball games uh, I attended, like that I actually cared about was, was back then. And the girls went on to win a CIF title. So I'd like to think we had something to do with it, with our intensity in the stands. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. The sugar rush probably helped as well. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. So uh, no, they were, they were great. And then the girls came back the next year and won it again. So two volleyball uh, banners up there. Was there a third, has there been another volleyball title since then or no? Maybe it was basketball. I know the girls. Won uh, yeah. There was basketball. I came close a couple times for basketball. They, the guys also don't let me live that one down either. Did you guys um, get to the finals? Yeah, the, we went to CIF twice uh, when I was on varsity my sophomore year and my my senior year. Wow. We went to we went to the CIF championship game, um, and unfortunately lost. So the guys give me a hard time too, and they're like, "Yeah, well, you you know, you could have, but you lost." And I'm like, 
go home, go away. Yeah, Lee, go away. Come on. It's hard <laughs> enough to lose. Where, where were those two games played? Do you remember? I do. Yeah. So one of the, the, my sophomore year was played at the Anaheim convention center, which is like the turtle looking yeah. building next to Disneyland. <laughs> um, that was a super cool experience. That was my sophomore year. You know, it, it's, it's a huge convention center, right? So they like, they like bring in the stands, they like put the court out and like, you know, it's, it's not a typical gym. So that was a really interesting experience. Like I felt important being at that game. <laughs> you know, they like put you in like a locker room and um, it was just, that one was a really cool experience. Um, I don't remember who we played that. Wow. That's really bad. Um, but I just remember being there. That was cool. And then my senior year, we actually played at modern day high school. And that was really cool too. I just remember being there and like, you know, modern day has such a reputation, um, of being just an athletic school. And so I just remember like being in that gym and just like being like, cool. Like I, I get to compete here. Uh, so yeah. And then the third, that's where the boys won the the basketball championship too, was at modern day and the Anaheim convention center. It's old, but yeah, it's a big arena. And, uh, I I think the girls one year played at the long beach pyramid. They lost real, the girls have lost a few basketball championships. It's like, ah, so close. And then I think they did win one a few years later. Yeah. And, but then they were in like a higher division. Mm. And so like me and my former teammates were like all better. We're like, dang, like, (laughs) They didn't have it as hard as that. You know, we play like the old lady card and they're like in our day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Back in my day, you know, absolutely. Exactly. Trust yeah. me, it gets, it gets even worse as you get into your thirties and I'm sure beyond you're just like, Oh man, kids these days. You're like, what are you talking? You sound like an old man or an old woman. Oh. Uh, brutal. So <laughs> anyway, great experience at Rio played in some championship games, fell just short. Um, you knew though, right away that you wanted to continue playing and pursue a, uh, college career in in volleyball how did that all go down so I actually didn't my like so I graduated right um and like during my senior year um I didn't know a whole lot about like the recruiting process or um you know playing what it looked like to play at the next level um I actually didn't want to go to citrus at first because I just heard the horror stories of, you know, getting stuck and not being able to get classes. And I was already like, oh gosh, like I'm not the best student. Like I'm going to be there forever. Um, but then I, I ended up going to Citrus um, and it was fine. I, I actually tried out for softball first. Um, so the summer of my, like my senior year summer, you know, going into my freshman year of college, I tried out for the softball team and I was the only walk on out of like 17 or 18 recruits. Um, and so unfortunately I didn't make it at that time. Um, but then I ended up just like, well, I'm, I'm going to take my freshman year really chill. I'm just going to take a couple classes. Like I was so afraid of just like flunking out or something. Like I just took a couple classes, like just get my feet wet. Um, I ended up actually going on a two, two week, uh, mission trip with my church. And then like, I was able to like do cool stuff like my freshman year, but then during the spring of my freshman year at Citrus, I was like, I want to try out for volleyball. Like, let's just see what happens. So I emailed the coach, you know, with like a traditional, like I played all these sports in high school, da, 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 da. Like, 
you know, I would love to come play for you. And he was like, come to practice. This is where we meet, you know, these, this day, this time, whatever. And I was like, cool. So I went and then I ended up making the team played for two years. Um, best experience of my life. And, you know, came out with some of my best friends that I still have now. Um, and then of course I met Brandon at that time. And then during my, what is like my true sophomore year, what would have been technically my third year at Citrus, um, the softball coach approaches me and she was like, Hey, you used to play softball, right? And I was like, yeah, I don't know if she remembered me trying out or not. And I didn't want to remind her. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, like I, I played in high school and she's like, great, come play for me. I need some girls. And I was like, okay. So then I ended up playing a year of softball too. So it was wow. like multi-sport was- college athlete over here. <laughs> it's all, you know, uh, it's all from Rio. <laughs> yeah. They- <laughs> sure. Another sport. Cool. Let's do it. Um, yeah. So you, t- you talked about mentioning uh, meeting Brandon, uh, Brandon Hayashi, now the head football coach at Citrus, but at the time he was a football player and he said uh, on the podcast with me, uh, you uttered uh, two very uh, two words that sparked the the uh, the, the love oh. fire that that became uh, in a training room of all places. So, what do you remember of of this wonderful story he told oh, me? Um, he, anytime somebody like if we're together and people ask how we meet, he always goes, "Yeah, Aaron, how how did we meet?" And I'm like, <laughs> "You love when I tell the story." But it's funny hearing both sides of it um, because he remembers it slightly different than me, of course. Um, but being, I, ha- I always have to like preface the story with like, you know, when you're an athlete, you, and especially at the junior college level, like, you know, people from other sports, um, whether you meet them in the classroom, like somebody might be wearing like a citrus soccer shirt you know and like if you're in their class you kind of like you go sit with them and you're like oh you play sports here and they're like yeah and I'm like me too so then like you like become friends um in class so like you start to get to know people on other sports and stuff like that so people hang out in the training room a lot and I just remember like walking down the hallway and I had thought he was like so cute or whatever um and I was like I just wanted to be his friend um, but he was standing, he was kind of standing over, um, like in between the training room and the hallway. So I could like, see he was standing in the doorway and I was with my friend Jackie at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, there he is. So he like walk over and I just looked him dead in the eyes and I went, sup dog. And then he, <laughs> he like, he looks at me and he goes, he's like, what's good. And I immediately, like, as I said that I was like, my eyes got wide and he like turned to say bye to whoever it was in the training room. He like turns to say bye. And I was gone. Like I, I left, I went out the door and my friend is like, oh, okay, we're running now. And so <laughs> I just like booked it. And then when he talks about this, he's like, yeah, I looked for you. I don't know where you went. And I was like, I might've hid in a bush. Like I really <laughs> don't know where I went. I ran. <laughs> And then we started hanging out from there and here we are six years later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, man, the, the male female dynamic is always in- interesting. I, I was never good at those first few words. So to come up with 
what you, what you said is understandable. Sometimes the the pressure of the moment, you know, or whatever, just blurt yeah. out something. Oh my goodness, I just said that. My uh, my girlfriend Valerie, I, I she teases me all the time because our friends were setting us up and whatever, and I was just so shy. And they would tell me, you know, how do you how do you mess up? Hey, all you gotta say is hey. I'm like, no, I. Anyway, sup dog, sup dog. That's probably the best uh, first opener I've ever heard. Yeah, I. I'm a real winner, apparently. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know how many times Brandon's been approached by young ladies before, but that was definitely unique and memorable. And, and here you guys are. So uh, you start talking and you eventually uh, go out on a, a date. Who asked who out here? Um, gosh, I don't know. We're we're so bad. We don't even like remember like our, our true like first date, because when we first started talking, we were it was in like group settings. Um, so we would, you know, some of my teammates, some of his teammates, we'd go out because our practices would end around the same time. So we would go and get like acai bowls or like protein shakes after practice or whatever. So we would always meet up at this one place. Um, and then it would be, you know, people would start leaving and him and I would like stay and, you know, we would talk. And so, I don't, I don't know who like truly, maybe he did. I don't know. Or I tried to like, I try to be like, so like, are, are, are we going to go out sometime? Or, you know, I think I tried to, I was probably just so naive. I don't know. Maybe I block a lot of this out. Um, but it was, I feel like it was fairly mutual because we would yeah. hang out in groups and then it would just kind of go from there. So, so, so being it. athletes in college, like I, I, I've heard this before with other like couples who got together as athletes and stuff like, so you guys go to each other's games uh, a lot. You remember going to watch him play football? Yeah. Yeah. And he, I actually, like when I first saw him was at one of my games because he, he was good friends with one of my teammates. And so I would ask her like, Oh, who is that guy? Like, what's his deal? Um, and I think he would do I don't know if it was before or after we got together, um, but I remember him doing uh, the balls for our game. So like that we have like a three ball system. Um, it makes the game go so much faster, but you basically get like a new ball every serve. So like they would wipe it off and, you know, they give you the ball. So he would work our game a little bit for that. Um, I remember going to his games for like what I could go to because they were on like Saturday afternoons. Um, so if I didn't have work or something, like I would try to go, um, you know, sit up in the stands. Now, when I go to his game, so I'm like, I'm not sitting in the stands. I'm going to stand on the field. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with the head man. I'm with the head guy here. Yeah. Well, going to Citrus, like I know still a lot of like my coach, my volleyball coach is actually the equipment manager. So I help him get the game set up, you know, get any tools that he needs. We do the headsets. Um, and I know the, the two assistant ADs, um, one was my softball coach, uh, and the other, he was there. Like I ended up working some basketball games with him. So I know a lot of like the faculty. Um, so I, I have an in on the field. I'm not, I promise you, I'm not just like standing next to Brandon and like yelling at us. I keep my distance from him during the game. I'm not a I'm not a hovering girlfriend, I promise. Do what do you think of of him on the field uh, in his element? Um, you know, there's there's a, a different 
attitude, mindset, whatever, when guys put that headset on, they can become a different person. I mean, have you ever seen him and be like, Oh man, like he's either yelling at a kid or a, another coach, or, I mean, he's, he's, he doesn't seem that fiery to me, but again, I haven't uh, refed any of his games. Uh, I did actually ref a few games when he was playing. We, we found that out just through the natural timeline, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, what do you think of him as a coach? What do you see? Is there anything unique that you're like, Oh man, I didn't think I'd see that side of him. Yeah, that's funny. You know, you mentioned refing. I remember you refing one of my games one time during softball. I don't know if you remember that. Softball? Softball. I, okay, I, I remember because it was one time. It was one time. <laughs> I think it was one. I was catching. And I was like, oh, hey, you're Matt Hersma. And you're like, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> wow. His, wow. See, there's a connection here. I didn't realize that. I, I did one softball game. I think Christian Yamas was the base umpire. She was out there. And I was just like, what am, what am I doing? I was like, oh, it's the same thing. I can do this. And uh, yeah, that was the last game. First and last. <laughs> um, but no, watching him on the field is, it's great. I see a lot of, I see like the coach Brandon a lot. Um, Cause he gets like a lot of, he'll get phone calls from his kids and stuff like that. Um, so I see coach Brandon a lot, but when he gets, when he's on the field, sometimes I just laugh. <laughs> I just uh because I'm with you know I'm standing with like my my coach or like I'm standing with some you know the AD or something and we're just we're chit-chatting we're talking and then like you know Brandon goes off and he can get fiery he's he's pretty mellow um but he he'll go off sometimes and I just laugh I just think it's funny because I'm like oh there he goes (laughs) um or I see him get after some of his kids um like this year, especially with him being like the head coach, head coach, um, cause he was head coach. Um, I think he, well, he technically wasn't the interim yet. Um, he was just the associate head coach, like a year before COVID, um, or during like the COVID year. Um, so he, he hadn't been like coaching for a while, obviously, but like this year was the year, like he could really get after some of his kids. And I just remember there'd be a couple times, you know, they're yelling for some kid and they're like, Johnny, Johnny, like get over it. And I just remember him like being in someone's face and being like, what are you doing? Like, I could just imagine him saying like, you know, your whole, your whole position is over here and you're over, what are you doing? You know, I could see him having that interaction. And then he like has his play card and he's like yelling at it. And then he just like bops him on the head and he's like, get over there. And I just, <laughs> I just started laughing. Cause it's just, it's funny. <laughs> it's it's comical. I mean, the, I've been on a lot of sidelines, a lot of football games and especially at the college level and some of the things you hear, Oh man, I, I cannot repeat as a, <laughs> as a, as a citizen of uh, the community here. I can't repeat some of the things that I've heard on a football field. Uh, they're funny, sometimes vulgar. It's uh, it's good stuff, but uh, it's gotta be fun for you is being a, a coach yourself and, and seeing him uh, and, and to, you know, to, to be so young and to be a college coach. I mean, you gotta be just absolutely proud of him. Oh, absolutely. And it's, this is totally where he's meant to be, right. Being a coach. Um, and he loves the junior college realm of it all. Um, because both of us, like we, we didn't know how much the junior college system like had to offer, um, or what that looked like being a student athlete there and, um, being successful and moving on to play at a higher division. Um, so even now, like with my high school girls, you know, I tell them all the time, like 
citrus is a great opportunity for you. You know, you should consider playing. Um, and him being a coach at citrus and recruiting, um, you know, he, he gets the opportunity to talk to a lot of his kids and, and just really go through that process of, look, you play at a junior college and you get, you get better, faster, stronger. Um, and in most cases, some universities will look at a junior college athlete first because they have that college experience. They're a little bit more ahead in their education. You know, they kind of have that discipline and they're not still like fresh out of high school. Um, so he, he loves being a coach out of junior college. Like that's, he wants to ideally stay there for as long as he can. Obviously if like a really big division one school or something like comes and says, Hey, come coach for us. Like, you know, I, he would obviously take that into consideration, but right now, like he absolutely loves the junior college football. Um, he's, he's all about it right now. So it's fun watching him coach and seeing like the impact that he has on these kids. Um, I'm still getting used to the phone call. So he gets calls a lot from his kids, but you know, he'll get a phone call from one of his kids at like 10 o'clock at night or something. And I'm like, Brandon, we need, we need boundaries with some of these kids. And he, he has to remind me that like, for some of these guys, Brandon might be the only option. Yeah. And like, he has had an impact on some of these kids who are struggling with mental illness or like suicide, or just like going through a really tough time of either like they lost a parent or a sibling or, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, but for some of these kids, like, Brandon is the only person that they feel they can truly go to, to like talk through some of this stuff. And so that's also really cool to see, to see him be that type of influence on these student athletes is, is incredible. It's a, it's a tremendous responsibility. And, you know, for a lot of these guys at junior college, it is, it's the last chance. It's their last, they've, they missed out on other opportunities for whatever reason. And this is their last chance to kind of uh, make something of themselves or whatever. And yeah, there's different obstacles. And this is one of the, my biggest issues when things started to get shut down and sports was sports were not being played. It's like pe people don't understand that, uh, young, young, young people, adults, uh, men, women, like some of them really need this. They need athletics. They need those opportunities to excel and to just kind of be, build it and become a better person and so when you kind of took that away from people it wasn't you know better safe than sorry all this stuff but it's like no you, you're you're doing more damage to me by not having kids play sports uh, or adults play sports in college and things because you know who, otherwise what are there's other options that could be could lead down a bad road oh definitely yeah i you know i i'm fortunate enough that not that covid is a good thing but you know i'm just I'm happy that it, I don't know what we would have done if, if I was still like in school or if I was a young kid, like I, you know, I, I ask my parents this, like, well, what would you guys have done? You know, if this happened when us three girls were all in elementary school, you know, and my mom's a nurse and my dad's a teacher. Like, so if COVID happened, like if we were young, I, I don't know what that would have looked like in this house, like with, yeah. with all of us and, I know I for sure would have gone stir crazy, not being able to play sports. Like, you know, that was, that was my reason for like going to school was because I knew I would be able to 
go play volleyball, go play basketball, something. But like, you know, that really kept me going. The like activeness of being a student athlete is what like kept me going to school. So I know for a lot of these guys too, that, you know, yes, some of them are only in it to try to play at the next level. But at the end of the day, like they're also getting an education too. And, you know, if you want these guys to continue or, you know, to stay out of trouble or anything, or all student athletes, like they needed that like community of their team or like the community that like athletics offers and stuff like that. So yeah, that was really hard for me too, to like not be with my girls during COVID and just seeing the impact that it had on like kids of not being able to play. Like, I don't know what I would have done if I was in high school. I would have been so bummed. I I say, I don't know how I got through high school. uh, You know, how I would have without sports. I mean, college was hard enough. I was like, man, you got to go to school and not get to play sports. So you guys got to play for it. I didn't, but I was like, oh, this is hard. And that's why it took me five years. But uh, anyway, uh, (laughs) yeah, kids need, kids need that. They need that out, that outlet. And it's good to hear guys like Brandon are, uh, you know, taking care of, taking care of his guys. um, Cause um, ultimately it's not about the plays you call on the field. It's about those relationships and, and molding, uh, you know, young men to, to become something. And, uh, I got to ask, you know, he went to Montana state for a couple of years. Um, so was that a little difficult for you guys when he was kind of a, a few States away, uh, playing, pursuing his college football career? Yeah. Um, we would have just started dating. We were only like a year into our relationship when he left. Mm. Um, so that was hard at first, um, but like it, it gave me, I love traveling. So it gave me an excuse to like go visit him. Um, and it was, it wasn't as hard as like it probably could have been um, with him being in Montana. You know, it's, it's not the, we, it's only an hour time difference, um, you know, and it, it's a short flight away, but you know, he easily could have been like on the East coast or you know, and, and the time difference just being like really hard, but he came home enough and I visited and he was only there for, for two years. So that made it easy as well. Um, but it, it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't like easy, but it wasn't hard. Um, you know, long distance, it takes, takes a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of, a lot of Jesus and <laughs> um, sounds like it was good for you guys. Sounds like it was, uh, it was good for you, for you guys as a couple almost. Yeah. 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 Um, it was really good for him too. Cause he, you know, he hasn't traveled a ton. I have, I like to take credit for his traveling um, <laughs> because I just, you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, we got to go to this place because I've been there before. And he's like, you, you've been to the grand Canyon or like you've been to Mount Rushmore, you know? And I'm like, yeah, like, let's go. (laughs) Um, so it was really cool for him to like, kind of be away from home, um, and on his own and, and really learn like what that looked like. Um, but yeah, it was, I just remember us doing, like, we would use like the Bible app and we would do like devotionals, like with each other. Um, and it was a lot of just learning how to navigate, um, a relationship when you're not, you're not with them. Um, so it really built a lot of trust between us. And I think because of the long distance, like it, 
it makes it easier for us now. You know, like it was, it was an adjustment when he came home. Cause I was so used to just like doing my own thing, going out or whatever. And just like calling or texting him. But like, it, it took a while when he came home for me to be like, oh yeah, you're here. Do you want to come with me? Like, <laughs> it was a lot of remembering like, oh wait, my boyfriend's here. I should probably like go out with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you're here. Oh, okay. Don't you have somewhere to be? Uh, no, I, yeah. I, I get that. I traveled for umpire in a little while and it was, you know, four months at a time or whatever. So that was, it's difficult, but I, I think it's all a mindset thing. Like you talked about, it's, it's, you, it takes work and it sounds like you guys, uh, you know, did a really good job of just uh, being real realistic about it all. And, uh, you know, I've been watching uh, Yellowstone. I'm addicted to that show. So I, Montana, I'm like, I'm ready to move up there, especially after talking to Brandon a few months back. I was like, oh man, let's, let's get that. What do you call it? Bose Angeles. I think he said Bozeman, Montana. Yep. That's what that's like nicknamed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it up there. I'm kind of the, uh, I'm not really an outdoorsman, but I like kind of that, uh, country cowboy at least uh you know small town feel did you did you like your experiences up there I did yeah it's you know Matt I think you would be okay it's it's small town enough but it's still like elements of big city so you yeah. I think you'd be okay but um I like envision I don't know I go between like loving a small town because my sister lives in Minnesota and she lives in a small town of, gosh, I don't even know how many, like what the population is. Cause that's not necessarily something we talk about here of, oh, I live in a town of, you know, 50,000 people. Like we just don't talk about that here in California, but, um, I liked Bozeman a lot. Um, you know, Brandon talks about sometimes moving there <laughs> or he's like, yeah, I could see myself going to Montana. And I'm like, all right, we're going to stay in California. Like relax. <laughs> um, but no, Bozeman is really unique because it, they have like the hot springs there. Um, you know, the, the North part of Yellowstone is in Montana. So it's like about a four, know, like 40 minute drive from Bozeman. Um, you know, and then you're in, you're in Yellowstone, uh, which is cool. Um, and we, we did some fun stuff. He did a lot of really cool things that he wouldn't have done here in California. Like he branded cows. Um, I, I don't know if he told you that story, but he, they branded some of, some of his like teammates cows. And, um, he got to like work on a ranch for like during, you know, Christmas break or something. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I would like the snow. That wasn't my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing. <laughs> yeah, it's great to like look at, mm -hmm. but driving in it is not my favorite. I just, it was, it was interesting. And every time I went to visit him, there was always snow. Like it didn't matter <laughs> when I went. I went in February, I went in April, and then I went in November, like three to me, three very different times of the year. And there was always snow. I just, <laughs> yeah that is i don't know if i could ever get used to that I, I wouldn't mind getting out of this state though but yeah i gotta figure out the whole snow thing if i can control the weather or something yeah uh, one of his games that i went to actually it was like snowing and it was 10 degrees oh and it was i just i was standing in the stands because you can't even sit because the seats are all covered and so i just remember standing there with like hot chocolate and i had like five layers on and i'm like go brandon 
what let's go brandon is that what you said oh man another story sorry sorry i don't i don't need to go there uh let's go brand i've heard that a lot here this this past year anyway oh i uh, bet i bet those are my two guy, he was so confused about that like somebody people keep asking us and they ask him like oh like so are, are, do people come up to you and say let's go brandon and he was like what like you <laughs> both of us were like what are you talking about like i don't know so it was kind of funny <laughs> oh man i didn't plan that at all i promise that's hilarious let's go Brandon. <laughs> that might be the title of this episode just so you know uh <laughs> Anyway, uh, what about you, Aaron? You you got involved in coaching. You've been there a few years at Glendora High, uh, Go Tartans. Uh, how did you uh, get in, involved in, in coaching after playing at Citrus? So one of my teammates is a Glendora alumni, um, and she her head coach um, that she had when she was in high school was still coaching at the time. She was like kind of on her way out, um, but she she reached out to my friend Jackie and um, you know, asked her if she was interested in coaching and she was like, yeah, I'll coach. And the, and her head coach was like, yeah, you know, if you want, you can, you could bring a friend to come coach with you. And so Jackie hit me up and was like, Hey, do you want to coach? And I was like, yes, I 1000%. Yes. I want to coach. Um, cause that was like the biggest thing I missed, um, not being at Rio anymore. That was like, that was one of the things where I was like, do I want to do RHLA or not? Um, but my biggest thing was I wanted to coach. And so I was like, well, like I can always get involved in other ways. Um, and so, you know, a few years went by and then she reached out to me about coaching. And so here, here we are, I'm still coaching there now. Um, Glendora is, is like a, it's a small town, weirdly enough everybody knows everybody. Um, we have to remind our girls that, that, well, we're, our whole coaching staff is actually a, a GHS alum, except for me. And so like, you know, they know, they can talk to the girls and say, oh yeah, I had this teacher or whatever. Um, but we have to remind them that it, it's a small town. Um, you know, if they're getting into trouble or anything like that, like we know about it. So, um, and I think the girls like don't realize that. Um, but some of them we're still like, we're removed enough. Um, but some of them might have like a older brother or sister that might be like six or seven years older than them, you know? So they might have been in the same classes as some of our coaches, but, um, it's, it's a lot of fun being at the high school level. Yeah. You know, Glendora is a small town feel. I born and raised there. Didn't go to the, the high school or anything, but hey, you hear, you hear a lot of the, the same last names or you hear so-and-so knows so-and-so. So yeah, you're absolutely right uh, about that. And um, what, what was the last year like for you? Um, well, this, this most recent season, of course, um, compared to, cause you guys didn't play at all last year in 2020, right? No, we were the only sport on campus actually that didn't get a season at all. Oh, which was weird. I think football was able to get like a couple games. Um, and even then they got like maybe five, like maybe. Um, but we, we didn't get to be on the court whatsoever. Um, it was kind of a bummer. We were actually conditioning out on, they have like a blacktop area um, where like some basketball hoops are almost like where the buses are parked, like at care. You know how there's like bas there's like blacktop and it's basketball courts. Um, they kind of have an area like that, and we were out there 
you know, spread out and we had to have them in like pods and we were just conditioning on the blacktop and it was super lame. Um, all of us coaches actually bought megaphones on Amazon um, <laughs> so that we could like yell to them because uh, we had to keep them spread out. Um, but, you know, we we had a, a good consistent group of girls that would come. Um, and so I think because of that, then going into a season where we could actually play, um, the effort was different. The, the type of like buy-in that we had from the girls in previous years, right? Like you have some girls who are, they're 100% in, or you have girls that are like, they're there, but they don't quite have like a work ethic yet or, you know, things like that. But like these girls, they were bought in because I think they, they saw what not having sports looked like. And so being able to play sports, they were, they were really on top of like wearing masks and, you know, washing their hands and just being so distant. Like they were on it because they didn't want to lose volleyball, you know? And so, um, whereas other sports, they were at least at the high school, I think some of them were like maybe affected by like not being able to play a game because, so many girls were out because of COVID or whatever it may be. I want to say like, we were one of the only teams we had some, I don't think we had any girls that like had COVID, but they were like technically like exposed, but by somebody else. So not in our program. So it was like things like that. So we, our girls were really on it and they were good um, about being pretty disciplined and, and showing up and the camaraderie, at least with my team, was different than it has been in past years. And I think just because this year, it just really like everyone was like, let's go, let's play. We're on a team. Like, I don't know. It was just a little different. So it was really cool. Adjusting for sure. So you started uh, with the JV program and then uh, eventually are now varsity or kind of w- which teams were you coaching? So I'm still JV. Um, Jackie and I coached together for JV for one year. And then now she's the head freshman coach. I'm head JV. And then we actually have another coach, Aaron. Um, and the running joke is if you say Aaron between there, we have four coaches. Courtney <laughs> kind of floats between all the levels, but we have this like running joke that like, if you say Aaron, you'll get half of it. Like we'll all turn because we think you're talking to us, but she coaches varsity. Um, and, but I, I float between all the levels Um, you know, we all sit on each other's benches. Um, we, we are actually really good friends. The four of us, not just, I think coaching made us closer, but like, we, like, we still hang out, we talk all the time. So like, we, we enjoy sitting on each other's benches. Like we're not a coaching staff. We're like, okay, my game's done. Like, good luck. See you, see you later. You know, um, we stay and we help each other. And so the girls, that's also something we kind of scare the girls with. Like, you know, the freshmen, I tell them like, I'm watching you now as a freshman, if you want to make my team, you know, yeah, we kind of like scare them or like, you know, the, the varsity coach is sitting on the freshman bench too. And, and we say the same thing, like, you want to play varsity? Like, this is the varsity coach. She's sitting right here on your bench. Like, you know, you, you gotta show up or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. It's cool. Oh, it's gotta be fun. I mean, to do it, as long as you've been doing it, you gotta love it. And, um, I, I think the relationships you do kind of make as a, as a fellow coach with your, your, your coaching staff is 
those are special too. I, Todd Carson and I become best of friends just from our experiences coaching together. And uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely special. What about you and Brandon? Do you guys ever talk coach talk? I guess he's coaching 19, 20 year old uh, man. You're coaching, you know, teenage girls, but still, I mean, it's different sports, but do you guys ever bounce things off each other? Um, yeah, I, I'll ask him sometimes like for, um, like what we should do for conditioning or, um, things like that. Or he will ask me, like, if he's sending out like an email or like a text or something, like he'll ask me like how he should phrase it. And, you know, I tell him like, okay, like you got to say it like that, you know, that's where like the communications and like the, the program director and me like comes out and I'm like, okay, so you have to do this and that, like, but for the most part, we, we, it's more of like a support. We're not necessarily like, oh, I have this kid. Like, what should I do? Um, it's just more like we show up for each other for, for games and stuff. Um, I go to more of his games cause it's just easier, you know, it's on a weekend and it's easier for me to get to his game than for him to come midweek to mine. Um, but it's, yeah, it's kind of difficult to, to really share like what, like between like what we do. Cause sometimes like, I'll try to give him my opinion on, on some, you know, if say he has a kid who he's like, I don't know how to get them more involved or, you know, like I try to tell him like how he should say it or what he should do. And he's like, Aaron, that's not going to work. And I'm like, okay, like, well, like, what about this? Or so like, it's just so different. There's not like a whole lot of overlap, but there is, it's, I don't know. It's, it's so unique. Um, you know, being, being in the, the two sports that we're in and the ages, cause he can age sometimes, which like his guys are between like 18, 19. Right. And sometimes he has like 28 year olds on his team, which is like so unique um, to be like coaching someone who's older than you. Um, whereas, you know, I very specifically have like 15 and 16 year olds, you know? Um, so it's a little bit different, but I think especially this year, like we both had to, had to see like what it looked like, um, as far as like talking to our, our kids. Um, you know, there was a few times where I was like, Brandon, like, you might just have to call them out and say like, you're not doing this. And he's like, well, okay. You know, I try to tell my girls, like, I'm going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. You're getting old enough now that like, I don't need to, I don't need to give you a gold star for everything. Like, welcome to the real world. Like, (laughs) it's tough. Like, so I, I try to tell my girls that like, I will be your biggest fan, but I will also call you out on things. Mm. Um, and, and Brandon kind of coaches in the same way too, where he's like, I'll support you, but also if you're not doing something, he's like, I'm trying to turn you into a man. Like, so if if you're not doing something, I'm going to call you out on it. So he, and he is really good about that. So I don't know when it comes to coaching, we, we kind of stay in our lanes, (laughs) but we, we will give each other advice and it, but it's more like support of like, well, have you tried this with that person yet? Or so. 
refreshing. It's refreshing to hear, you know, no, no gold stars or participation awards. It's like, Hey, this is the real life, as you mentioned. So that yeah. is a great, uh, great, great stuff. Indeed. Uh, what about after a loss a Saturday, most of the citrus games, I think are daytime, but a Saturday night, how's, how's Brandon after a tough loss? Is that kind of ruin, uh, I don't know, date night or the weekend for you, or uh, I'm always curious of uh, specifically football coaches, uh, you know, wives, girlfriends, uh, you know, because I don't know, it's that one game a week, there's all this build up to it and it's either win or loss. And then it's like, oh, you're just either on a cloud nine or just uh, really down in the dumps. Yeah. Um, he had a couple of tough losses um, this season, like Antelope Valley was one. I guess you would have talked to him before season, right? Yeah, so, August 20th. Yeah, he, Antelope Valley was tough and Santa Ana was tough. But the the away games, I drive to them. And so then he'll he'll come back with me in the car and I just kind of let him just decompress. Yeah. <laughs> um, or I'll ask him like, so like what happened? Like what was going on? Or I'll try to ask him more of like, okay, so why did we get this penalty? Like, what was that kid doing? Or, you know, and he, at the end of the day, like he knows, like, obviously he can't control the wins and losses. Like, you know, as a coach, we can prepare you all week, but at the end of the day, like we put kids out on the field and it's up to you, right? Like what you got to decide what you're going to do. And so I think that's kind of where he just gets, he get like he he sees the more like stat side of things or like the strategy side where he's like well like you know this this quarterback wasn't throwing as well today or um you know normally i have this kid at corner but i had to move him to you know defensive tackle because someone was yeah, like eligibility like there's yeah, just things yeah. where like he just has to move players around a lot. And so sometimes he's like, well, we lost because I didn't have, or like this kid is injured and he's my starting center or whatever. And so there's things like that. So he, he tries not to dwell too much on, you know, he doesn't get too like sad. He'll get bummed of course, but he's just more of like, well, we, he's more realistic. Mm -hmm. He's like, we lost because we didn't have this starter or, you know, these five guys are injured and he's like, I didn't have them. Yeah. So there's things like that. So he's just more like, okay, now I know what to talk about tomorrow or um, what we're going to work on during the week. Um, He's more of like, all right, what are we going to do next? He doesn't dwell too much. Um, So as far as like Saturday nights, like (laughs) he's okay. Yeah. (laughs) He's just fine. He's on quickly. Him and I like, the the um what is he the dean of athletics um you know he talks to me on the sidelines and he's like oh well how's Brandon feeling today like is he stressed and I'm like "Eh, we don't we don't talk about our feelings like (laughs) fine and he just looks at me and he's like oh great both of you are like that and I'm like I don't know what to tell you like (laughs) he's like you know like we don't we don't show too much of like, emo- like, I don't know. We don't. Oh, show those are, much. those are good traits to have though, especially, co- I mean, to, to be even keel and to move on and Hey, what do we need to do next? I mean, those are very beneficial things and not just coaching, but life and relationships too. Like I'm sure 
you know, all those experiences add up to, uh, to good things in other areas of life too. So he sounds like he's doing just fine. And, uh, you know, you guys are doing great. It, it's by the sounds of things too. Uh, a power couple, indeed, the volleyball and football coaches, uh, in Glendora, California. Uh, let me ask you, Aaron, about the, uh, the pro and con podcast. I believe you've had a couple of appearances on there. That's the first time I heard you, uh, talking with Zach Stiver and Javier Rodriguez. Uh, what do you think of those guys, their, their, their podcast and kind of, uh, that group of friends that, uh, you know, you went to high school with and you're still good buddies with. Yeah, they're a blast. Um, I love, I love hearing Chris with his, like, he just comes out of nowhere with like his one-liners <laughs> and it's fantastic. I, I love when he, like, he just comes out of left field yeah. and he has no shame calling out like Zach and Javi, you know, cause Chris will say something and then Zach's like, ah, oh, like you, you're right. You're right. So <laughs> Um, I love that. No, they're, they're a good time. Um, he, they had myself and Jackie on together cause we coached together. So we like kind of talked about that. Um, they've like called me a couple times. Um, and I always know like if Zach calls me at like on a random, like Tuesday or Wednesday night, I'm like, all right. Like he's probably asking me something for the podcast or something like, okay. Um, and then I came on by myself, but their, their podcast is fun. Um, when it comes to some of the politics things, I, it, politics is just such a, I don't know, like you could just, people get so angry. And I'm yeah. like, we need to just not. So I, I tend to stay away from just politics in general, just because, you know, if, if somebody starts asking me about oh well what's the president do it how do you feel about and I'm just like I don't know anything so I can't argue with you like that's more my stance I just mm. I try not to get too much involved because I just don't want to have a debate with people and just people just get so fired up for no reason and I I don't know but it's, hobby am and it's amazing yeah <laughs> Like some people do walk around, like looking for a fight. Hey, I know this, about, I know this and I'm sure you don't. So let me tell you, it's like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. I'm like, what? we were, we were talking about the beach. How did we get on like, you know, fuel? What, you know, like I, there's just things like that. But I think Javi and Zach do exactly what I envision as far as like having like two very different sides. They very much listen to each other and they they talk they talk trash to each other but like you know they at the end of the day like they'll say like well this is what I think okay I could see why you think that well this is where I'm at and they will either come to be like okay like I can I can see how you would think that way or they just come to like a agree to disagree and I think they they do a good job of that instead of just getting like just mad at each other um so theirs is interesting to to listen to sometimes. So when I was on their podcast, I just felt like I like had the headphones on and I have like the mic and I'm like just looking like back and forth at them and I'm like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did theirs. It was a lot of fun and I was I was ready for some different issues to pop up or whatever, but I kind of never went there. I just talked about the my podcast and just uh, some sports topics. So that was fun. But now they do a great job. Uh, yeah, you were on there, had some uh, great great uh, moments there and all their guests, all their guests have been pretty entertaining and I hope they keep this thing going. Cause it's a great, it's a great concept. 
And sometimes after doing like doing this for over a year now, like sometimes it's just getting in front of a mic and going like no script, no really agenda. Just, yep. let's just, I don't know. Let's talk about anything. It's, it's fun. It, it's yeah. been uh, beneficial and you meet new people and new conversations and things too. So yeah. uh, you sent me a list and I like, I started thinking about it and I was like, okay, should I, maybe I should write down some points. And I was like, you know what? We're just, we're just going to go. If I word vomit my way through this, then that's what happens. <laughs> exactly. Well, Aaron, what about you? What are some of your hobbies? Maybe what are your, uh, I know you're coaching, but what are some of your other goals? Uh, maybe career wise, what, what are you up to? Uh, yeah, tell, you're, you're in your twenties now, your mid twenties now, whatever it is. And uh, you know, this is a fun time. Everyone told me, Hey, your twenties are great. You can, you got options. And I was like, okay, whatever. Now I'm my late thirties almost. And it's like, wow, where did the time go? So what's in store for your uh, near future? Gosh, I feel that I, if I were to go back to an age, I would do like 23. Mm. I feel like that's like a, you know, you're old enough where people don't like question if you can like go somewhere. Um, but yet like you're still young enough where like you don't wake up with your back hurting in the morning, you know, like it, that's a good age. <laughs> yeah. You can rally, you know, Yeah, you can rally for sure. Um, no, right now. Um, I mentioned this earlier where like, I feel like life is pre COVID and post COVID. Like when you're catching up with someone, you're like, well, pre COVID, you know, I was doing all these things, but post COVID is, you know, this is what I'm doing It's So, or post quarantine, I guess I should say, cause we're still like in COVID, but um, before I was a program director in the YMCA. Um, and that was really cool being able to like take some of my like care and Rio knowledge and kind of just incorporate that into just a community and family programs and stuff like that. Um, now, and I was still coaching at the time. Now I, um, I work at Starbucks, um, and it's a good time there as well. Um, I don't see it as a forever job, obviously, but um, it's a good stepping stone and it's a good, like, it's not stressful. Whereas like at the Y, like it can get a little bit stressful, um, you know, long days, long hours. Um, but at Starbucks, I get to clock out and, and I'm gone. Nobody's yeah. going to call me. Nobody's going to email me. Um, <laughs> so it's cool. And I've always kind of wanted to be able to like, you know, have a job like Starbucks or being a barista or something and, and being able to like tell my kids one day, like, Oh, I was a barista once, you know? And, um, so it's, it's a good time. I meet a lot of really interesting people. Um, and it, it's fun being there. I have really good friends. Um, I actually work with Jackie who I coach with. So her and I work together at Starbucks and, um, you know, we're, we're in between this, like, we're not in our career, at least not anymore because of COVID, but like, we're in this, like, okay, we're, we're getting ready to kind of step into our career, but like, not yet. Like, so it, it's a unique time for sure. Um, you know, I, being in my mid twenties, it's a lot of fun to just be able to just pick up and go. Um, you know, like this last weekend, I was just down in San Diego for, um, a wedding reception of Dana and Colby Rivera now. Um, so, you know, not, not having any kids or anything like Brandon and I can just pick up and go somewhere, um, which is nice. Or, you know, being at Starbucks, like I'm, 
I'm replaceable now where if I request time off, like I don't have to worry about not getting it. Um, you know, whereas before, like you really have to kind of get your ducks in a row and be like, okay, I'm going to be gone. Be, this is everything. Like, here you go. Don't call me, you know, <laughs> but now like, it's nice to be on vacation and actually be on vacation. Um, but yeah, I don't know. A lot of what I got into during quarantine, we, I started biking a lot with, um, my parents. Um, one of the coolest things we did was we, you know, cause we live really close to the, the San Gabriel river trail. I don't know. It like goes right behind Rio Hondo. Um, and that'll take you all the way down to the beach. So we've done that a handful of times. We've actually taken it all the way. It lets you out in like seal beach. And then we've gone down to San Clemente um, on our bikes and then came back to Huntington beach and then somebody picked us up. Um, but I don't know, I guess, I guess hobbies for me is just staying out of trouble. Um, <laughs> you can get in a little bit. I mean, not a lot, but you know, getting into a little trouble's fun too. Yeah. You got to have some good stories, you know, like <laughs> bad decisions make great stories or so I've been told. Exactly. I can, I, I can either confirm or deny that that is true. Uh, but uh, no, enjoy those, enjoy those twenties. Uh, they go quick. Trust me. I'm like, wait a minute. I just graduated high school. What do I mean? I'm 36, 37 here in another month. Uh, just crazy. But um, well, I, I wish you nothing but the best. It sounds like you and Brandon, um, you know, it, the future is, is bright for you guys, him and coaching football and you and volleyball, whatever you end up pursuing. Um, I think uh, big things are ahead for both of you guys. And, uh, you know, never say never, you, you might end up in Montana. You never know. You never oh, know. I'm, I'm down to move anywhere. I I'm okay with it. I don't know if he, I don't, you know, it'd have to be a good offer for him. That, that's right. There's a football field in, uh, in every state, I believe. So, uh, he'll, he'll find something somewhere, but, uh, yeah, go, go owls, go Tardens. Uh, just, uh, it's cool to talk to somebody who went through Rio and is, uh, is doing, uh, great things. And, and you know what, I, I wish you guys a uh, Merry Christmas and thanks for coming on here. And this has been a lot of fun, just uh, chatting about uh, a lot of sports, a lot of coaching, just uh, randomness. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, thank you for having me. Um, I jokingly told you that, you know, it's not too late to, uh, to back out of having me as a guest, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Merry Christmas to you and Val. Hope you guys have a good, good holiday season. Um, but yeah, thanks for having us. You should come to one of the games next year, obviously, but come out to a citrus football game. It'd we'd be good. Absolutely. We'd love it. I saw Brandon at the, uh, the charter Oak Rio Hondo game and I uh, went over, said, hello. He said, man, it's great to meet you in person. I said, oh man, likewise. So if you yeah. haven't heard Brandon's podcast was back on August 20th, uh, for those listening to Aaron, if you guys want to hear, uh, Brandon, uh, hear what, hear his his uh his uh side of the story of you two guys yes. meeting uh that that's that's a fun uh, fun podcast too so uh thanks aaron we'll uh we'll we'll be in touch i'm sure i'll i'll keep looking for those air bear likes on those instagram uh posts <laughs> have a good one all right bye matt well, thank you so much, Aaron Murphy, for coming on the Get Home Safe podcast. That was a lot of fun uh, catching up and talking about some, I don't know, some moments there that uh, some connections we had, uh, whether it be the Orse Burns or uh, she, she catcher in a softball game that I, the one and only softball game I ever umpired. I had 
no, re- I didn't remember that, but uh, until she mentioned it. So uh, great stuff. Her and Brandon doing great work here in the Glendora area, her at Glendora High and Brandon at Citrus College. Uh, I love rooting for people like that who are just uh, out there doing the Lord's work, if you will, you know, coaching, uh, coaching the young men, coaching young ladies uh, to be better people. So it's, uh, it's outstanding stuff. A lot of volleyball and football talk there. Um, man, two coaches uh, in a relationship. That's got to be, it's got to be fun. I'm sure bouncing ideas off each other and things. So uh, anyway, thanks again, Aaron Murphy. That was a blast and looking forward to, uh, you know, another guest next week on the get home safe podcast. We're trying to, you know, branch out and talk to some people we've never talked to me and Aaron never talked before. Um, or maybe it is somebody that, uh, I know, well, it doesn't matter either way. It's a, it's a fun conversation. And I really enjoy doing these on Friday. It's going to try to keep, I say it every time, right? Every time I find a guest and I'm able to put this together, it's like, okay, we did it again. Uh, hopefully somebody knew there's been some repeats too, but, uh, it's a blast chatting with people, just having a, a conversation, right? What a lost art form to be able to do that. So, Uh, Big thanks to Aaron Murphy. Guys, we are eight days away from Christmas. I can't wait. Uh, We're counting down, counting them down. I hope uh, all the gifts are wrapped, all the decorate. Well, the decoration should be up, right? But uh, yeah, we finished up all of our uh, gift buying and gift wrapping here a few days ago. So uh, we are looking good in that regard, but uh, Christmas will be here. There's food to buy, drinks to buy. There's all kinds of uh, preparations to be made. So Uh, good luck with all of that to everyone out there Uh, guys that'll wrap up our two shows this week our tuesday episode and our friday conversation of course here on the get home safe podcast Uh, for those new there's plenty of ways to follow the get home safe podcast our twitter handle is get home safe pod our facebook and instagram page is get home safe podcast and our email address is get home safe podcast at yahoo.com if you'd like to message me send me a topic send me a suggestion tell me i'm wrong about something Either way, just say hello. It'd be nice to hear from you guys. Also, there's down in the episode notes, there's a link for send a uh, to send a voice message if you want to have your voice heard on the podcast, much like a caller calling in. Uh, pretty simple, one minute limit. Uh, those are just some options here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Our YouTube channel for those watching, you already know where that is. But uh, the Get Home Safe podcast, of course, and then there's plenty of other platforms: Apple, Spotify, Google, where you can listen to the Get Home Safe podcast. A lot of options, a lot of content. We're going to try to keep this thing going. Um, I may take a break here in January. I don't know, but I'm also, uh, you know, I also want to vent and, and rant about some of the uh, NFL action here upcoming with the playoffs and such, but uh, that's another podcast, another, another day, another time for now. We're going to keep this thing going Tuesdays, randomness with just me rambling away about uh, current events and sports. And then on Fridays, like today, uh, you heard a conversation with a great guest. So that's enough for me. Aaron Murphy, thank you once again. And to everyone else out there, good luck this Christmas season and have a great weekend. We'll be back next week on Tuesday with just me rambling away as we count down the final days until December 25th, Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, whenever you celebrate. Uh, Merry Christmas to all. But guys, until then, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.